took a week off, but we back. Champagne soccer. Preseason has already started. <laughs> it's crazy. The Women's World Cup is around the corner. There's a lot of things going on in the beautiful game of soccer. I'm joined by the gang, the best five aside in the podcast world. What's going on, guys? Welcome back, everyone. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're back, man. Hey, I got all 10 fingers, 10 toes, so you know it was a good fourth. Hey, man. <laughs> you sound like you was laid up celebrating the fourth. Oh, no, no, no. We I, I do a big event where we, we got down Blue the City of uh, Chester, Georgia with the fireworks. Hmm. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then he was laid up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll get into who, where was brothers laying where. First, I got to ask you, brothers, man, because Anthony and I, we were having a conversation about it earlier this afternoon. Anthony might as well set it off, man. We were talking about the Gold Cup. We were talking about where the emphasis of the U.S. national team lies and CONCACAF. We know the Nations League is a new addition to CONCACAF, and it seems like that's what the Federation is prioritizing as the main competition in the continent. How do you feel about that decision and break down why you think that it is a good decision in the development of CONCACAF? Because it made yeah. sense. I believe that, well, first I have to clarify with you, oh, America, we're not playing our first team in this Gold Cup. And you were like, yeah, we're not. And I've known that that used to be our major cup competition for, for our country. But the Nations League um, was introduced. And then now they got it over here. Uh, America just won it. And my my idea is that they put their first team in the Nations League to win it in this uh, pursuit to um, propel American soccer, American football to uh, a next level. And the only way to do that is for America to we ain't we ain't winning the World Cup yet. But what can we do on the big world stage? We can win uh, a world of. Uh, national competition that Europeans also had. So we can say that yeah, America won the Nations League as long as like Portugal and other countries. So our our, our country will be listed among uh, winners of maybe not the most prestigious uh, international cup prize, but one that Europeans also strive for, you know what I'm saying? And that it could be like, oh, America, wow, y'all, y'all have one too. And you, you never know that it may, uh, I guess, Skewer the the statistics of how good we are nash internationally and also just uh, i guess the ranking of the um overall world stage competitions it's trying to put us up there with other european countries i believe that that's all By the way, guys, uh, the Nations League and CONCACAF started 2018. There's been two editions. The U.S. has won twice. The Gold Cup started in 1991. Mexico has won it the most times with eight. 
the U.S. are the reigning champions, and they've won it seven times. So, yeah, the U.S. is doing uh, well. The last Gold Cup was won by Mexico in 2019. And based on this, let me try to see. Based on this, it does look like in 2019, both teams did play their starters. So it is interesting that 2018, it still seemed like people were still taking the Gold Cup seriously. But, hey, things change. Now, Cletus, you've been an advocate of the Nations League in UEFA do you find it getting footing in Europe? And do you think the same can happen with CONCACAF's uh, Nations League? I think the benefit of, you know, CONCACAF having Nations League is that it offers more competitions for some of the other countries that, that don't get to compete in, like, maybe the Gold Cup. So that's one aspect of it. Um, and also, USA has a very, you know, deep team. So now they're able to kind of play different players in tournaments, see who they want to bring in a World Cup. So that way, that's kind of helping them, like, you know, weed out who their main starter is going to be moving forward. But I would love to see the tournament be opened up to teams like Argentina and teams um, like Brazil to play in the tournament as well, just to maybe raise the competition level. But besides that, at first I was against it because I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I'm just seeing USA play another game and I was just confused. But I feel like for CONCACAF as a whole, I think this was this was a good move, honestly. Marcus, we have the semifinals loading up. They will be played uh, on July 12th, 7.30 Eastern time. The U.S. will play Panama in the first semifinal. And in the second, we have Jamaica facing Mexico. Out of the four teams left, Jamaica has their first team. So do you think, Marcus, that Jamaica has to win to keep the integrity of this tournament alive? Or do you think if another team wins with their backups, is it just, hey, should Jamaica just go back and try to save Dancehall? So I would say this. Um, I, the, the In my perspective, the the U.S. takes the Nations League more uh, serious because it affects their world rankings. So that that's why they start taking that more serious. We they wanted to. I think as soon when we got eliminated, they had us like in thirtieth or something like that, and they always wanted to get back up since then. So that's why they kind of take the Nations League more serious. But supposedly Greg Berhalter is saying like these dudes on this team are supposed to like prove themselves to see if they're going to get put on the world cup staff. I mean, on the world cup team. So it's questions about that. Cause it's a lot of questionable dudes that were good last year that are on this team. And then I do think what is still funny is Matt Turner is still playing goalkeeper. So um, it's the second team, but it's still with some first team people on it. So um, in that perspective, I still think the U S are like thought to be the favorite because of just winning the nation's league. But yes, if Jamaica loses, it kind of would um be a bad look because like it would it would kind of look like CONCACAF is just like the US's US's uh side side that dominate pretty much. And kind of what Clay said, the only benefit of the Nations League is they play different teams in some situations because th- some of the, those games are pretty much friendlies. 
So with trying to get past those group stages, they also play other countries within that. So, I mean, it's going to be a slow burn, and we got to deal with Greg Berhalter. So we'll see how it goes. For sure, for sure. Now, e-money bags, as you see the landscape of the Final Four, if you will, do you think that the U.S. just making the final is an accomplishment, or do you still think that you expect them to win to maintain the standard of the national team? Uh, I think, I don't know, I, I kind of think both, both can be true because what happens is, you know, you still got people, like Marcus said, you got some first-teamers that are still in there. DeAndre Yedlin, he's 30, but he'll be – He's still fighting for a spot. He can still be 33 by the time the World Cup come around and be like one of those veteran presences or, or something like that. You got uh uh Jesus uh Ferreira. Uh he, you know, he's a big name, not big name, but he's a he's a looking to be a first teamer. He's had chances to be on a first team squad. So you got guys fighting for spots. I think the the fact that we're in this gold cup uh kind of and using the players that we're using, I should say, are, are, is kind of showing us that, you know, we can have some depth as well. I think that's the kind of positive way you can look at it, like looking at it as depth. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of other teams are playing their second team players, but but I don't know. I think with one of the biggest populations in the in the world, you know, we need, you know we should have like some depth in something like soccer because it's one of the biggest youth sports in the country, not the biggest. Uh, but yet people fighting to become that that relevant figure in, in, in world soccer. So I think this, to me, I, I, I like the Gold Cup. I've always watched it from when I've uh, really known about it. I think it's exciting. Yeah, it, it may not be as big as it was with the advent of the uh, uh, Nations League. They're trying to push the Nations League on everybody, on everyone now. So I don't know. I think I think it it it, it holds some validity. In my eyes, uh, and I agree. I think they should should definitely invite more teams from like Commonwealth uh, and, and and others to kind of be part of this as well. Word, word. Now let's switch it up a little bit. Go slightly to a younger scale in the international game. The Euro Under Twenty Ones recently wrapped up. It was a Man City party, right, Anthony? You guys had the top scorer of the tournament, your brother Sergio Gomez, had player of the tournament. You had the goalie, uh, England's goalie, balling. You guys sold him to Burnley recently for fourteen million pounds, even though he's never even had a first game uh, appearance. So, hey, salute! I think you also had uh, your boy Cole Palmer did well. Palmer got got the golden boot. Yeah, shout out to Mill Smith Rowe. He was holding it down, you know, wearing the number 10, had an assist in a couple games, had a goal. So uh, what do you think, Anthony? How do you feel about England continue to dominate the youth scene in England? And do you think that this will turn into a coronation of them finally winning silverware for their senior team? I think it's a sign for a bright future for them. Uh, eventually it will come home. I don't want to say I'm happy for that day because we will all be burdened with those chants when it finally does happen. Uh, 
But I can see maybe not in this next World Cup, but, but the one after England making a threat. But the one maybe in like in Spain or something, one of those countries uh next. But yeah, I think I think it's promising. Um I'm sorry, I didn't see Rico Lewis out there. That kind of sucks. I don't know why he wasn't wasn't there. Um, but that's cool. Cole Palmer got his chance to shine. Sergio Gomez showed that he can play on the well in Spain, he showed that he can play on the wing. Um, so who knows what Pep Pep may be able to do something with that later. Cole Palmer, <laughs> he can still go away. But oh, well, what else? What else y'all got to say about this? <laughs> Selling brothers to go away, right? I was not expecting yeah. that. You need that British yeah. quota, man. We don't need that hey, kid. We don't need, need the kid. British quota, man. Hey, hey, Dan, I I don't appreciate how you made this a Man City segment when two of the top boys of that tournament. Okay. Curtis Jones and Elliot. Those brothers have been teammates for decades. What's going on? Goodness. Hey, man. What type of what type of daycare are you running over there, man? Hey, you know we got you know we got Harvey at like sixteen. We get we grabbed him early, but but yeah, I did not know that uh, Curtis Jones was uh only twenty. I think he just turned twenty two, so that's he can't play for them next time. Oh, he's one of the senior adults, right? Him and Smith Rowe, right? The chaperones. Yeah. Hey man, <laughs> that is cool though. But uh, do you think uh this performance can catapult them into getting more time with Liverpool? Do you think it'll get set them up to get uh more preseason minutes? Do you think this helps them in any way? Or do you think this is more so just, you know, the under 21s and that's all it is? For them two boys this year, it's kind of honestly with Curtis, it's make a break. Um, if he gets hurt early, I I could see Klopp loaning him out in January. But preseason, both of them going to get a lot of smoke. Um, but I do think Harvey Days playing midfield kind of our number. Klopp going to probably play him like as a uh, go back to that earlier time when he first came, like as solid uh, backup. Because if we get, I mean, what is that? We already got two attacking midfielders. I mean, what what he gonna play? Like he 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 not the athlete to be able to defend like that. So well, I'm sure E Money Bags is gonna break it up, but it looks like a uh, Captain Hendo might be going to Saudi. I don't know. I'm gonna wait till his segment to get my reaction on that one, man. But hey, man, the boys looking fit coming into preseason, man. Hopefully that they, they can get a bounce into the season. I mean, him and Stefan and Elliot. That's my young boys in that midfield. I need to see them do something. Play this. You got after the match. Noni is telling Cole, you're coming back with me, bro. You're coming back. We need you, bro. Do you feel like Levi Colwell is the future left-footed center back for Chelsea? Or do you think that it's time to cash out on that young man and get someone with more experience i'll definitely keep him because looking at um ben chilwell with his injury record i think levi would definitely get a lot more pt this season a great way for him to de uh, develop not having to play champions league just kind of focusing on the league and like 
the FA Cup and some of those smaller tournaments, but I don't see a reason to sell them. But then again, I have an American owner, so tomorrow's not guaranteed. But I think he definitely will be a bright, you know, addition to the future. Maybe someday be a captain because we need we need to keep some of our homegrown talent. Yeah. Man, what are, what are you trying to do with that with that message? You know Reese James' dad just oh, came I, said he want to be the captain. Now you're trying to say Levi can, can do it? After after Reese. We need homegrown niggas. After, to hey, man. <laughs> hey, Reese is young, too. Hey. <laughs> And Frank thing, man. You know. Hey Clay, tell Todd to name the price, bro. Yeah, yeah, I don't, like, I don't talk, on, bro. Let him learn from the best. Let him learn from the Roy's Roy's. I don't. I don't know that guy. No associations. Hey, hey bro. He say he want to start, bro. He's gonna get PT. Robinson's not sitting down. Relax. You know that. Hey, I got a. I got something funny for y'all. You know, I play football manager a lot, so. There's this player that I like to sign named Gerard Braithwaite. He plays for Everton. Normally, he's at loan at PSV. And why I like him is because he's tall, he's English, and he's left-footed. And, you know, me because of me being a stereotypical brother, I thought Gerard Braithwaite was a black man. Then I go and watch the under-21 final, and I see JB on the bench, and I say, hey. Who is that white man with blonde hair? And it's Gerard Braithwaite. So, hey, <laughs> salute to you, brother. I always thought you were a black man. I always signed you a football manager, trying to get it more hip hop. Didn't know we was going another direction, but I still got love for you, JB. Hold up. Hold on, <laughs> hold on. So you didn't never see his picture? The, the picture never? Because <laughs> oh. you know I'm old school. I be using the 2D graphics. Had I used 3D, I would have seen his pale skin a while ago. But I'd be using the 2D graphics. I didn't know, but hey, shout out, man. Never judge a brother by his name, man. <laughs> Gerard Braithwaite, who knew? But anyways, um, Ephraim, do you, did you guys have any players in the team, uh, United? And if so, did you see anything from... Your young players? No, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. We all. Oh, so everyone but you guys. You guys aren't representing England. Yeah, I don't think we have. Uh, our youth squad isn't really. We bring in a lot of foreign youth players from our youth squad. You know. Oh, is that right? That's a devil for you, selling dreams. I mean, it happens. People do it. Real Madrid does it. Uh, you know. So I mean, they say, do... yeah, that's true. They yeah. say Florentino loves to find some young Brazilians. Epo has a really good uh, uh thing on their transfer strategy that just came out. So I said, check it out. So, what uh, country do you guys like to find the majority or a good percentage of your young talent based on what you've seen recently? Like, like how Real Madrid has a preference to go for Brazilian youngsters. Do you guys have something like that at this moment? I don't think so. I I don't see anything like heavily leaning one way or another. I mean, I, I, we've got people from like Uruguay. We got you know, obviously Argentina with Garnacho coming from last year. Um, you know, uh, Nigeria. I think uh, we have a couple of kids from Nigeria as well. So so yeah, I think it just depends on you know where they can identify some uh, some talent. We got what's his name? Um, Ahmad Diallo. He was from uh, the Ivory Coast. 
uh, you know, was when we, uh, he came from Atlanta, we put him in our youth squad for a minute and then loaned him out a couple of times. So, you know, it just happens. That's just how it goes. I mean, like I said, we're not the only team that does that. So, <laughs> hey man, it sounds like they got to improve their improve the academy over there, man. Hey, look, it's funny thing you say that. You know, so I just heard uh, Fabrizio Romano talk, said uh, that a youth from uh, our youth academy, supposedly really good. I forgot his name. Uh, went over to Man City. Sign is getting ready to sign for Man City. So there's a an England youth international that uh could have stayed with Manchester United, but looks like he's going to Man City now. Y'all should update those, you know, training facilities, like Cristiano said. Yeah, that's uh that's a whole other story, brother. We know that saga that's been going on since uh, November of last year with the oh. ownership. So they probably have a hologram projected, like you know. Gym workouts for you, you know, it's, it's crazy over there. They're having real money. It is a show, man. I, I think, yeah, United is a clown show right now. Hey, man, it could be worse. You could be Tonali at Newcastle and saying, hey, man, this shit is up. We have better stuff in Milan, and we're poor over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of those pictures, and he ain't look too happy coming over to Newcastle. Yeah, so was, I don't know. We'll take a look in the <laughs> facility, man. Hey. I'll see the check soon. It kind of reminds me of uh, Alexis Sanchez, his first day at United, when he say, what is this? Can I go back to Arsenal? What is this medieval stuff they got over here? Funny, man. They was, they was bloating salaries to make people happy. That's what it, that's what United did or does. They're trying to clamp down on that now, though. But, hey, yeah, man, that's, that's what it is. That's still on clearance, though. It's been over, what, a year? Hey, that's, man. Uh, for the sale, almost. Ephraim, will England be among your favorites for Euro 24 next year? Yes. Yes. And the reason why I'm saying this is I was thinking about this earlier. They, to me, are almost like prime uh, um, Belgium a couple years ago. Like, we were like, all right, this is this needs to be that team right now that needs to do something. Can I ask you something? I think so, in my opinion. Yeah. Who's going to be the defenders? Who's going to be the defenders? I mean, John Stones and Harry Maguire. Nah, nah. Why? He ain't been playing. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, what's my man's name from uh, English Kid? He playing in Italy right now. They don't like Tamori. Tamori? Yeah, they need to call him up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's a good show. It's but a I good think show. so. I mean, look look where they've gotten the last couple of um, uh, World Cup and uh, Euro combined. What? The, they got to, what, the semifinals of the, of the World Cup a couple years ago, and they got to the, the final of the Euro last the last time. I'm not saying they're going to be the ones that win it. I, all I'm saying is I compare them to me. They, they look like they're going to they're gonna have to do it now is what I'm saying. Like, this is it. Like, this and maybe the World Cup are the two tournaments that, that they're going to have to do it in, and that's the window they got, and that's it. Kind of like Belgium a few years ago when they only had, like, those couple tournaments where they were like, all right, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, Lukaku, all, you know, Altavarold, all those guys. Altavarold, excuse me, I said his name wrong. Um, all those guys, they need to be the ones that do something with Belgium right now before that window's closed. That window's closed for them right now. I think this is England's turn to, to do something between – Euro 2024 and the next World Cup in 26. I think it extends to 2030. They got a young okay. team. Look at sure. Saka. He just turned 21, 22. Uh, 
you know, they got all these young players, Colwell, they got, you know, uh, what's my man's name? Curtis Jones. Let's see what he develops. They have a lot of young talent, of course, not mentioning Foden, uh, Grealish, all their players in their early to mid 20s. So I think they do have an extended period that lasts until the 2030 World Cup. So we'll see. It should be interesting because we know in previous generations they had the talent, but they Mm -hmm. never had the coaching to put the tactics together to find the right balance. I mean, they they had brothers like uh, my man Capello trying to run the back three back in the days, and they didn't know what was going on. Remember Cletus? They used to be sick when he tried to use back three. Rio yeah. used to be us. Niggas complaining. Talking about Capello was the worst coach we ever had in England. Yeah, hey, man. They didn't, yeah, it's prehistoric football. They didn't know what a back three was. Now, look, at it's the rage. Now that's what Southgate be leaning on a lot of times. After, since he has switched more to a 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1 hybrid. But I think, we all see it. The build-up play is still back three heavy. And I think that will develop having these youngsters getting more minutes because you have a front three that can potentially be Rashford, Kane, and Saka. That can be special. Or maybe you could have it where if you want more ball control, you could have Grealish on a flank. I, I think the thing I, I worry about though, Dan, is is kind of what Marcus said, who's gonna play in the back four <laughs> and going forward, right? Who's gonna continue doing that? And who's gonna be the striker after uh after Harry Kane? Who's the next one to be number nine? Lotsy. Who uh, the gambler? Yeah, uh, the gambler for maybe one World Cup, but they're gonna have to find somebody to write it after because I think he'll be 31. Right. The World Cup, if Harry like after this World Cup, I think it is. So I mean, they got they got to start growing somebody. Yeah, I, we was I think everybody's saying that as well. Fair, yeah, and that's fair too, right? So that's what I worry about as far as like an extended one up to like twenty thirty. But you know, like you said, they, they won the Euro. Uh, that can that can show something for the future, obviously. And, and I don't know, we just have to be waiting game. I think they can do something for sure now. Next week, guys, the Women's World Cup begins. There's an exciting tournament ahead of us because there's not really a clear-cut favorite. You know, of course, oh, Marcus seems to disagree. I guess he thinks it's the U.S. ladies holding it down, but they're in transition. You got Alex Morgan in her last tournament. They're not trying to pass on the reins to young Rodman in that generation yet. So you have, uh, you know, Megan Rapinoe, Trump's favorite sister. You know, she's making her noise. I think England having those injuries hurts them. France having to get Harv Renard to be their coach, and he just got hired a couple months ago. That's going to be tough. Um, Germany, Cletus can give us more light on their ladies, but it – Marcus, do you feel like the U.S. women are the overwhelming favorites to run it back? Uh, yeah. To be quite honest, like kind of like how you said, with England, kind of their best players getting in, some of their best players being injured. Um, uh, Brazil also in the transition because uh, uh, old girl gonna retire after this World Cup also. 
Um, I think this ain't best. Yeah, Marta gonna retire. Um, I kind of think this is kind of like the last World Cup where we um lost some players. Like, if you're gonna lose Rapino and others, let Lavelle, let uh freaking Dunn and let O'Hara do their thing. Like, do let them do it. They just continue to grow and go ahead and become the captains of the of the squad because you already know what is it? Is this Alex's last one too? Like they, they ain't got many more, so. I mean, get your last one to get up out of here. I do, but again, I think they're the most solid defensively. France with the late coat swap makes that a question. And I'm gonna be honest. Whenever I watch Germany, they play too goddamn slow. <laughs> Cletus, what you got on the German ladies, and what are your thoughts on the tournament overall? No, nah, he's definitely right about that. I feel like for some reason, German football, especially on the women's side, has like gotten slower, but they do have a lot of talent on the team. So it might be another scenario where they may need a different coach. But just looking at France and looking at Germany, I think with France's experience with the players that they have, they might be able to go a little bit farther than maybe Germany. But I don't know, man. I might need to start watching more games with these women, but I'm I'm hoping that France could get another another World Cup. If they could, you know, knock you know USA off their off their podium, because like you said, USA is in a transition year. It'll be nice. For sure, for sure. Now, Ephraim, where are you leaning at? Uh, the U.S. By the way, guys, they are in group. Let me try to find it real quick. They are in Group E with Netherlands, Portugal, and Vietnam. So that's barbecue chicken. I think this is the first time the Portuguese women have qualified for the World Cup. So what are your expectations, E? Oh, USA all the way. It's too easy. I'm not saying overwhelming favorites, but it's no other team that I think, yeah, this is the strongest team to me. I mean... Yeah, I'm going to be a little biased, too, but, um, yeah, I'm definitely thinking the USA going to bring it back, for sure. Um, you know, uh, Australia's a good team. Um, they're, you know, obviously being at home, uh, them in New Zealand is going to be a tough kind of, you know, tough fight for any team uh, facing them. But, nah, man, I think I think it's going to be USA. I, I don't see anybody else really, you know, threatening them too much now. Anthony, do you think that the national team will be able to balance the veterans with bringing in the youngsters like Trinity Rodman? You know, she's been looked at as the future of U.S. soccer. I've seen her getting a lot of coverage recently on the promo for Sports Illustrated for the World Cup promo. She is prominent in the middle of the team. Do you believe and the hype that she is the future, and do you think we'll see it in, in this tournament? Listen, I'm going to say this once. I'm a Marcus. I believe in all the propaganda. USA all the way, man. We're getting done. Man, Dan, stop playing. Shout out. Hey, let the fans know, man. Shout out. We got a USA team uh, I'm a mater that went to our school, man. Shout out to Allie Krieger, man. Yeah. FP representative. Man, She's I train at that field. Man, I train at, man. Hey, she ain't playing, but I train at that field every week. Stop playing with me. Shout out to the women's national team. Y'all winning it, man. 
Y'all, y'all changing the game. Y'all, y'all got it. That's all I got. Got it. It's over. How y'all feel if Martha won that World Cup though? Her last World Cup. Talking about Shardy from Brazil. Yeah, Martha, be, man, they ain't winning that thing. Hey. That'd be cool. You see how they disrespected her on the season cover? They cooked it from <laughs> I mean, it'd be sweet, but yeah, that's know. cool. I mean, but USA, yeah, y'all got what? how many world cups now? Three, it's okay. Give it to Martha, bro. They cooked it from Messi. Let's go ahead and Martha too. Give it to her. I don't know about giving it to her, but you know, hey, go out swinging, man. Like, but nah, this is all. The U.S. ladies have four, by the way, which is the most. And and look, it's hard to not root for them as an American, right? Because they the ones been holding it down. Like they they the ones that kept soccer pretty much popular up until the advent of like all the streaming shit. You know, it's they the ones that's been holding it down for years. You know, so. You know, I'm gonna ride with them ladies all the way, all the time. Hey, bro, yeah, they legend. I, I don't know what winning it is until I met them. Shout exactly. out to the national women's team, man. Women <laughs> won back to back World Cups, and what happened, Clay? This what happened to y'all? You won back to back World Cups, 03 and 07. You hosted 2011, didn't even make the final four. It's been a downhill ever since. Yeah, 2015, you lose to I was, I was in Germany in 2011 for that joint. Mm, what happened, man? There was a lot of legs out there, man. I think distraction. It was, it was you got the Slovenia joints, the Spain joints, the British joints. Oh, man. Can't keep up, man. Couldn't even pay attention. <laughs> Can't say nothing about the games. Talking about what you saw. Nah, that's that's hey, that's 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 important, man. That's important. Man. <laughs> I was doing in Germany around that time. I Before we get into Ephraim's transfer segments, I want to ask y'all real quick. Oh, go ahead, Marcus. Did you see what's going on? I don't want to be controversial, but did y'all see what's going on with Zambia? One. This is their first World Cup as well. Go ahead. Oh man. On, man. Oh Lord. I dropped it in the chat. Look at the pics. It's some fishy going on. Is this, is this is like a little Ghana situation? Yeah. Okay. Hey, they got one of, they got that going hey, on. What are you saying names for Cletus? Get out of there. <laughs> So yeah, I, <laughs> that's what's going on. Hey, way at Barbara. Yeah. That's what's going on. <laughs> he identifies. And, uh, allegedly, I mean, hey, see, I'm speaking Trina. I don't know what's going on. I didn't, hey. Um, yeah, Barbara Banda. Hey, this is a, I don't know, man. This is, so, uh, the story... he looks like a brother I went to NSU with, man. He might have okay. been on the fifth floor with me freshman year in the towers. I don't know, guys. Okay, Barbara Banda for Zambia identifies as a woman, was born as a brother, and um, has done, I don't know, has, has passed the test to be able to play in the World Cup. Hey, yeah. man, you made it seem like it was the SATs or something. What do you mean? Oh, Pat- yeah, you know, they, no, they got a gender test, and they had to, they had to take it, it. The brother had to take I don't know. 
<laughs> take a gender test. What? Yeah. So yeah, that's what's going on in the World Cup. If they uh, let it happen, if it works out, then let it be. Oh well, yeah. That's cool. I got one story to tell y'all, and I'm gonna keep it simple. So I was playing in the all males uh adult league last year, but one guy had his wife playing and he had her playing as striker. You know, we need I guess we needed an extra player at that time. And so we were actually playing some the team, <laughs> the team name was AFCON. All right. It was some brothers, big, big, big brothers. All right. Shout out my cousin and so, y'all. He was on the team. He was on some. He was the oldest. They end up winning. The team. He was the villain. Okay. The they won the league. Time. They won the league, but you know we were playing, and Shardy, the woman, would get the ball in the box, and the defenders would get physical, and she got flushed and say, "Play the ball." And they weren't doing nothing but normal stuff. So I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. You take from that what you want. Play the ball. Telling Africans to play the ball is impossible, okay? And let me tell you guys, these brothers AFCON were not just your regular Af West African boys, okay? These were dominated by Chelsea. So you know they love that blood money haram football. <laughs> so when that young lady was saying play for the ball, she was fighting for a life out there with those Africans. <laughs> Chopping legs, Michael and Angelo Conte. Yeah, they, they literally had hitters like, hey, Quissy, go on the pitch and make some nonsense happen real quick, okay? Cook dirty up the match. So we can, they had a, remember, Anthony, they had the Lukaku brother? They yeah, had a, they, they had, had a Lukaku. He was different. Yeah. yeah, he was a big brother, but explosive on the show. Dan's not lying. They 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 sent the enforcer out at halftime before halftime because they didn't like that we was up one zero. Oh, yeah. They tied it up. It was it was nasty. <laughs> oh my god! And they were saying, "Hey, we will win the match." You watch. And then yeah, hey, it, was, man. it was hot. So let me tell you, sometimes physical play the ball. Hey, I'm. <laughs> y'all take listen to it man just <laughs> what, what's what's that person's name barbara barbara what hey man barbara ba banda golden boot yeah that's what i'm saying i expect i'm about to go look at FanDuel right now looking at the odds right yeah <laughs> odds on this one betting on the women's world cup should put you in a different type of place okay Hey, hey, you need to get out with a special Olympics. Hey. That's just this country. Hey, man. All right, man. <laughs> yeah, if you need to scratch your head, yeah, stress. Let's, yeah, let's speak in a special. Let's talk about the the Magic Dust, the, the most special club in the game, you could argue, Real Madrid. They've signed Arda Guler. I'm sure E was going to talk about it, and I won't go into it too much. I want to ask y'all, because there's reports that Carlo Ancelotti, since they don't have a peer number nine, he might play more 4-4-2 this year, trying to switch up the style to find balance in the team, try to maybe play with four midfielders because we know they signed Jude Bellingham, they kept Modric, they kept Cruz. Danny Ceballos, I don't know where they're going to find minutes for all these guys, but 
do you guys think the 4-4-2 would be the best to maximize Vinicius and Rodrigo? Or what would you suggest, Claytis? Uh, <laughs> you're looking so good. You're not feeling Ancelotti's tactics. Look what he wants to do, 4-4-2. That 4-4-2 is like, are you really going to get the best out of them? Because, you know, Vinicius, even though he likes to play out, play up top, he kind of prefers to be out wide more. So how up top do you want him to play in that 4-4-2? You know, Modric and Kroos, they don't really play that high up. Like, it's just how are they going to drop off? You know, it's it's an interesting formation. But, you know, the biggest problem that they have right now is just that they have a fluctuation of midfielders and not enough more so either whether it's wingers or just pure goal scorers. So, I, I don't think that four four two is about to cut it, my boy. It might be it might be a three three six uh three six one one or something like that. Cause hey, how many you sounded like Todd Bowley? That's eleven yeah. out three six one one. Hey man. I need a goalie. Hey, hey, what do you do? Hey, I know you have your issues with Courtois, but come on, man. <laughs> Stop. But now I'm honestly, I mean, I don't see how all those midfielders are gonna be able to play Jude. Um, everybody else they're bringing in, I really don't see how they're going to be able to fit that. But then again, Madrid does play in every competition, so they're able to rotate. I think that's one thing that's going to help Kroos and Modric out as well as some of the older guys not having to play, you know, 40 games per season. Maybe now they're playing like maybe 22. So that way they're just focusing more so like the the end of year of the season, like the quarterfinals of the Champions League or like those big important Copa del Rey type games. Word, word. Now, Ephraim, you feeling the 442 suggestion? If not, what would you like to see from Ancelotti and Real Madrid tactically? Yeah, nah, 442. Not with that kind of team. I don't, I, they're not the kind of team that you play 442 with, it seems, at least in my opinion. I don't know, maybe a 433 with a false nine, a 4231 false nine, or something like that, but I'm not playing a 442. Uh, no, because you can do some rotating at the top with the, the three forwards. You know, you could – yeah. But, nah, where were you putting Cruz and, and, and Modric if they're starting all the time? Where are you putting – like you putting them on the coaching staff, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. But, no, I mean, but, but I agree with what with, with Clay said. Like, they don't play – they're not playing that as high as you might play them in a 4-4-2. They – I don't know. I I just don't see that happening. I think maybe four two three one or something like that. But or or him trying to like adopt, you know, what uh, Pep did, and you know, with the three in the back and like five across the midfield or something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Not this. Anthony, if you were the Real Madrid manager, how would you set up this team? I'm actually looking at it right now, and the way my uh, uh, my mind works, fellas, I think the same way how Pep had the announcers geek, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's a it's a four two three one," and then by the last two matches of the year, they finally say, "Oh yeah, it's a three it's a three two five one." Um, they finally got it down. I believe the four four two. Doing Cletus math as well. That is so so eleven. <laughs> man, you know, just just letting it. I'm a sim. I'm not acting like I'm math man. I just know simple math. That's it. Hey man, I'm a writer. I'm not a math guy, man. Hey y'all, y'all calculate, man. Do the calculations, man. Chat GBT it for me. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, take do 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 do. Yeah, take care of it. But what I'm trying to say is, the the four four two is not going to be as um, stagnant and idle as we think. I believe it's going to be way more free flowing. Um, right now, I'm looking at a version with like Alaba as the as the left back, uh, Rudiger, Militao, Carvajal, as well as in the back line, um, Bellingham, Kamavinga, Valverde, and Guler, the new guy and the, the other four, and the Vinicius and Rodrigo up at the front. Um, that could be all wrong. And then, if anything, imagine <clears throat> maybe Kamavinga pushing up or Bellingham pushing up on the wing, being more of an attacking midfielder with Valverde and Guler, and maybe Kamavinga holding it up in the midfield by himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could be – it could get real spooky. And so, four four two may just be – the uh, ideal way to list it and and then tactically as we move through the season and see the weeks we'll see how they start moving and flowing and then be like oh in attacking mode they're they're in a three whatever the math is then yeah you know what i'm saying they're doing a back three with the box the magic box and then so on and so forth or it may be something else so i'm actually excited it's all about the actual personnel in it um I can't say I'm excited for the uh, fits of Vinicius and Rod- Rodrigo front front two. Um, <laughs> they really need to go after that. <laughs> I was hoping to say Mbappe. I'm like, oh, dang. Oh, is Mbappe there? Like, I almost thought I was a real fan. But, yeah, they need that to complete the, the final form. I almost thought I was a Real Madrid fan too, man. But, uh, <laughs> hey, man, if Mbappe ain't there <laughs> – but just watch from afar, man. I I ain't gonna oh. cop that jersey if Mbappe don't pull up, man. Uh, he's gonna go eventually, huh? He's gonna go eventually. Yeah, yeah but uh, might might lose its luster by then. I don't know, man. Claytis, you already know Liga now the seventh best league. Mbappe's trying to skedaddle, you know. How would you set it up? You know, assuming Mbappe isn't there, what's your setup? From Anthony, that four four two could be the theory, but the fluid, the fluidity, and the movement will change it into something else. I was gonna have to because Mbappe is gonna have, is gonna prefer to be up top more than probably Vinicius is. So if it's gonna be a scenario where Kellyan plays up top and then maybe. Uh, Vinny plays behind them or like just behind them a little bit to the left and they could maybe have that partnership of a two-man striker but you know due to movement wise they kind of line up behind each other so that's opportunity but I'm really not I'm not I'm not seeing it I'm not seeing the the, the 442 vision that Ancelotti's having unless Killian is up top playing as the number nine it's it's not it's not it's not gonna work you said who's whose vision Ancelotti David, right? Oh, yeah. My apologies. My apologies, fellas. David's vision, yes. <laughs> Daddy, we should do it this way. David has that. Hey, David is he's shown that he's he's the next guy. Can he take a job by himself? I mean, he got the Brazil job now, so you know. Allegedly, because you know, they he still hasn't officially signed the paperwork because you know Florentino has the snipers at the door watching him. So I don't know. I don't know if you can sign the paperwork yet. I I'd like to ask that uh, question to y'all in the future because we got more than enough time 
because I feel like that will be uh, that could be an episode in itself in terms of national teams being coached by outsiders. What is necessary to build the infrastructure to create a footballing nation? Can you be a footballing nation if you're always going for outside influence? Because Ancelotti becoming the Brazil coach, supposedly, eh, that's an issue for me. I'm going to break it down. You know, as a fan of the Ghana national team, we've had our own issues too, always looking for outside sources for influence. Now we got Chris Hewton, who is of Ghanaian descent, half Irish. So, well, you're not feeling that, Cletus? Tottenham man, he can't tell us nothing. Yeah, Ghana might not even make AFCON, okay? Today, I was telling you from before the pod, I was on a Twitter spaces talking about the Ghana FA and the state. Hey, that's another story for another day. We can get into that moving forward. But um, Ephraim, what would you do, man, with this kid, Arda Goulart? Are you even aware of him? They said uh, he's from Frenabache, the Turkish yeah. wonder kid. Can play yeah, can no, play right wing. Uh, you know, it says that the Real Madrid plans on using him at right wing mostly next season. So, how would you set up Real Madrid? Uh, I think a four four three or four two three one, or even if it is what Anthony said. I mean, that you start off like as a four four two solid four four two. But then the, you can move around and make the, the formation a little more fluid. Um, but then you're still stuck without a striker. Uh, so you're you're dependent on, like, mostly wingers uh, and maybe a, an attacking midfielder to fulfill the role of a striker uh, and to do that consistently. So who knows how that's going to look. And to Clayton's point, Vinicius isn't, isn't one to really play up top solo. That's not really his game. He'll drift that way, of course. He scores goals, but he's not really one to, to take the ball in and back somebody down. He's not, he's not, you know, running from in behind, from behind uh, through the middle a lot of times. So, so yeah, I don't know. I I just think maybe a false striker for now, or uh, you know, so that that way the front three can take turns up, up front taking the, the the number nine position. But that's kind of how I would do it. I mean. I don't know much about Arthur Guler, Guler, but uh, you know, I've watched a couple of YouTube videos. I, that's kind of the extent of my scouting on them. Um, and I know that's that's only one side of it because for every YouTube video for positive, you can find one that's negative. So, um, but he looks very talented. Uh, he's only 18 years old. Uh, maybe loan him out for a year or half a year. I don't know, but that could be a possibility. I wouldn't be surprised by something like that. Seeing he as said, how he said, uh, "I don't want to leave." I want to stay. This just ain't go on loan. Rodrigo ain't go on loan. He thinks he's one of those boys. Well, then, yeah, he's got some competitions. He's got to prove it. And he's in the right spot for it, though, at the end of the day. Because we've seen extremely talented players leave Real Madrid uh, because they couldn't make it into the first team. And we've seen, obviously, some just sit back and do nothing. Like, like hard. So, uh, but, yeah, it, it's uh, – Real Madrid personal captain now. But he came, but he came, but but he's doing he did some good things for you guys though. So, you know, I, I don't know. I I think I think he's got a long road to go, but if he, if he is what he, they say he is, then he'll be fine. 
for sure, for sure. Now I don't, now, I, don't I don't understand that autograph flop that you be saying. He was a flop at Real Madrid. How can you how can you do yeah, that? compared to the team that he was playing? I don't think back then they were giving young players opportunity to play as much. Yeah, you had to take it, and he never took it. Yeah, I mean, then again, look at the players above him, and it is what it is. But I wouldn't call that a flop. It is a flop. You, I, he's yeah. literally one of the most hype wonder kids of the last fifteen years. They made up rules so that he could be in football manager at 15 years old. There was a bidding war for this kid. Everybody wanted him. Every, you already know Zidane personally wanted him. Every every team around the world wanted this kid. He was at Real Madrid. He went on loan how many years? Did nothing. Then they cashed out. If they knew he was going to be what he is, they wouldn't have sold him. You know that. They didn't believe in him. That's why they sold him. That's what we are. Arsenal, we get sloppy seconds. Ozil, you cooked. You don't. You you don't. You don't work over there. Come here, Alexis Sanchez. You you did ugly at Barca. Come here. That's what we do. We get the sloppy seconds from the super clubs. So I know a flop when I see it. Sabios was one too. They try to sell us Sabios. They try to sell us those those damaged tomato cans. We didn't want it. He's still over there sitting down, Anthony. So, hey, shout out to Odegaard. He did flop at Real Madrid. It is what it is. Even I got two crybabies from us, too. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Hakimi, I wouldn't call him a Real Madrid flop because he just decided to leave. Carvajal, he couldn't be Carvajal. But I'm, with, I'm with Clay this. Who, who was Odegaard supposed to work out work out the first team? Modric? Yeah. That's, that's what Kevin Vinga did. That's what Kevin Vinga did. That's what Kevin Vinga did. Kevin was at Rand and took a job. That's that's what you got to do. It's hard, but that's when you go to a super club. That's what's necessary. But the thing about Fabregas is a teenager take jobs from grown men, including our sporting director right now, Edu. I saw it. It's not impossible. Now I'm 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 argue with that because go ahead. Fabregas has went ahead and he's always played in an academy. He's learned and developed football from a young age. When you look at Odegaard, he was playing football more so as a street player, as a fancy trickster, more of a, a Neymar, but more tricks than maybe even Neymar. Or same level, cool. But he was brought into an, an elite academy at an age expecting to perform at a certain level. Odegaard that- was playing with his first team in his country at 13. Like I said, he was a wonder kid. You can't, but again, you can't no, see but the boy's again- a prodigy. Then when he goes to a big club, oh, he, he wasn't ready yet. What the it hell was-, was he doing at 13 then? Why were you playing in the national team at 15? What, what, what team was he playing on? These Hey. This is not a level team, bro. These are these are niggas that are fishing. Was the top team in this country, Norway. It is what it is. I yeah, hear it is. that fishing, fishing Monday through Friday, and then having practice on Saturday and a game on Sunday. Stop it, man. Because if you go look at the highlights, bro, it was pure tricks, rainbows, little tricks here and there, and then coming to Madrid and be like, "All right, bet you're our wonder kid that we." Bro, he needed time to develop. Of course, everyone needs time to develop. But like I said, you can't have it both ways. You can't be the youngest debutant in your history of your country. The best player, they're saying you're going to be the best player in the history of your country. You can say flicks and tricks. That's cool. I understand that. But also, he was signed up to be what? The future number 10. The future focal point of this system that 
they were running because Real Madrid started to become more so about the midfield. He was supposed to be the part of the reinvention of their team. Wasn't good enough to do it. It is what it is. But at the same time, when you were looking at that midfield, there wasn't room for any any kids to come out. If you look across it, even Kovacic to the Modric, who else was there? Um, so like they really, who else was there that was under Sabios? Sabios, did he really play? Yeah, none of them are good enough. None of them was playing. So like, as a nigga like Odegaard, I think he's probably understanding. Like, all right. I'm not going to play here. I could go somewhere else. Kovacic and... lost the job to Connor Gallagher, so I don't rate that guy as much as other people. He's a good player, but it is what it is. That's cool. what I'm saying. You look at all the Real Madrid people that they let go. They don't regret any of them. They let them go for a reason. They weren't good enough. It is what I mean, it is. You yeah, can say whatever good. reason it was, but they weren't good enough. Because you, they don't regret them. They won four Champions Leagues in five years. Do they? Did they miss these guys? No. They weren't Cristiano. good enough to play. It is what no, it is. Because if I ask you that, you're going to be like, no, nah, did they miss Cristiano because they won the Champions League right after? Yes, they don't miss. They didn't miss Cristiano. They won a double. They didn't miss Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano yeah, Ronaldo hasn't went past the round of 16 since he left. He's yeah, now in the Middle East for a reason. They won without him, bro. That's what Real Madrid is. We don't depend on one man. We're a team. So if you're not good enough to make the team, you're not good enough. It is what it is. Come to Arsenal and lose. <laughs> I think I still feel like I will I will see Hakimi more as a Madrid flop than I would say Odegaard is a Madrid flop. I wouldn't say Hakimi's a Madrid flop because they wanted to keep him. He just knew, oh, you guys like this injury prone nigga more than me, so I'm gonna just go somewhere else. They wanted to keep him. He's the one that forced the move. The difference with Odegaard is that they were ready to sell that young boy. They say hey, I- his brother don't got the because look, even just look at the profile of the midfielders they go for now. They want all-around physical, technical players. Odegaard is not that. He's an old-school midfielder. You know it. Look at Real Madrid. They don't want midfielders like Kevin De Bruyne, as special as he is. They want the all-around midfielder, the technical, the physical, the IQ, the person that can play all three levels at number 10, number 8, number 6. That's what they look for. Odegaard is not that. So it is what it is, but my bad. Go ahead, Marcus. Um, well, you kind of had touched on it. My my thing is um I felt like his style of play was no longer needed there. I don't think that he wasn't he wasn't good enough because when he got loaned out those last two times, I thought that he was leading the league in assists. So like he showed that he had done develop, but again, like how you say, I think. That style of midfielder is not used in Madrid. Like, where would he, like, kind of like how Clay said, where would he play? Yeah, Kamavinga came and took a spot because those dudes were older also. Kamavinga Kamavinga pulled up at 18, man. No, I'm talking about, think about who he going against, though. He's 30 plus already. So he did, he kind of already had the advantage. And then him playing every position damn near. He can, like that. I think the coach. I'm gonna want to use him before I use this old motherfucker that I know I could bring off the bench and be a super sub. I mean, but the but with Odegaard, I do agree with you. I don't to a point like yeah, his role was no longer needed. But I thought that he did develop good enough for an old Madrid team. He probably could have had a place if it was when Ozil was there. He probably could have came in and took over. You know what a flop is? My man was there from 2015 to 2021. He had eight appearances. That's a flop. 
can't be at a team for fucking six years and have eight appearances. And I mean, like, like he wasn't Japanese a flop. Dude, are y'all yeah. are y'all smoking white? Come on, no, what was the, the Japanese Anthony, dude? Eight appearances in six years. <laughs> what type of community service outreach program is this? Come on, wasn't good enough. It is what it is. Well, to the point it. He had eight appearances because he was there when the midfield was in their prime. That's how I'm looking at it. It's like, hey, bro. That's a good way to put it. But then you can also say, because when you go to Real Madrid, you know what it is. You know who he was supposed to be? He was supposed to be Luka Modric. He ain't Luka Modric. He doesn't have that engine. He doesn't have that game. He doesn't have that vision. He doesn't have that style of play. You know who they got now to be there? Luka Modric replacement? Jude Bellingham, a teenager who at 18 was better than Odegaard. And he but ain't going to have the problem kid. to play. But another wonder kid, right? Oh, yeah, so but a better wonder kid. But now, but now one kid, in that the was also playing. the best. Like, uh, Mark is talking about uh, Odegaard playing well at Real Sociedad. Yeah, that was a nice time. That was a good time. The difference between him and Bellingham is that Bellingham was already playing in a World Cup, best player in his league. If you care about awards in the Bundesliga, it's a different type of prestige coming in than it is than, like Claytus said, a YouTube all-star that was a wonder kid on Football Manager at 15. Hey, you want to talk about Real Madrid flop? Kubo, that's a fucking flop. Yeah, he's Whoa. a flop too, and he was also at Real Sociedad. That's where they sent Real Madrid flops. Sociedad, go ahead and cook. But this, the Kubo drink, though? I'll, I'll buy him. I'll take him. I'll take Kubo. I'll take oh, Kubo right you're now. You're trying to get that Japanese audience, right? I'll take Kubo right now. Yeah. Right. Very calm. I need a like at least dribble. I don't <laughs> have all. Bro, zero appearances for Madrid, bro. Come on, man. Oh, my bad. He made nine appearances in six years. Odegaard. See, my math was off too. Whoops. Nine. Oh, man. <laughs> Magical. Dramatic. Yeah, yeah, man, got me talking trash about the captain of my club because he shouldn't be the captain. Foolish. We sold our captain. Shout, shout out Granite Shaka, man. <laughs> uh, champagne soccer. We didn't have this convo coming up. Odegaard a flop, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Ephraim, you got transfer news. What's, what's going on, man? Oh yeah, let's let's get this let's get this going. We got some out the way already. We talked about uh Goulet going to Real Madrid. I think it was for like 20 million 20 million euros. So if he is what he is, that's a that's a bargain these days, especially for potential, right? Um your boys, Arsenal, seem like y'all bringing in uh uh Urian Timber. Looks like he's uh imminent to be coming in. There's looks like there's a hold up though with uh your your rice confirmation. Um but that should still be going through. It shouldn't be a problem. Um, Liverpool, uh, looks like you guys might end your uh, pursuit of uh, Karen. Uh, I've seen some articles about that. Uh, along with that, looks like Henderson, you, you mentioned it earlier, Marcus, looks like he's not going to be joining um, uh, your boy Stevie G at uh, El Etifak. I, I think I'm saying that name wrong. I think it's out at the fact. That's where Stevie G just went. Looks like Hendo's going to stay in uh, in England for now. Um, let's see who else we got here. Manchester City. Uh, looks like you guys are going to be uh, maybe looking to sell that. Uh, I had his bags packed, bro. I was ready. Stevie G could take this motherfucker. 
Oh, okay. you ready to give up on him? You done with Uncle Joe uh, Jordan? Oh no, I just uh I just need more squad uh spots. And um when I get Levi Cowell, he was gonna give me another England spot. Uh, relax, relax, relax. Uh yeah, see, you guys are still looking at uh uh Gavardio to go to join. So that looks like it's gonna happen. United looks like uh Andrea Nana. That looks like it's maybe in, imminent as well. That'll go a long way into playing a certain style that Ten Hag would like to play. Uh, David De Gea just wasn't doing it for him. Kind of sad how they let De Gea go the way he, they did, but that's for me. Chelsea, let's clear off still going on. Uh, as for Laqueta left, uh, Loftus-Cheek left. Uh, so did Pulisic. He left to AC Milan. Uh, we all also know about uh, Havertz and all of them joining um, Arsenal. Uh, the Mount deal was completed uh, while we were off. Um, so yeah, you guys, and all you guys just loaned out uh, Fafana uh, to Union Berlin. So uh, another- uh, He's 20 years old, he from, I saw that brother. He's you. young. Yeah, he's, he's a young guy. So he, that brother looks 33. Yeah, looks to be deceiving. <laughs> True that. Uh, Romelu Lukaku doesn't want to join. Apparently he's not going to go on the preseason tour. He wants to go to uh, Milan, and you guys are still waiting for uh, Casado to make a uh, decision on going to you guys as well. So um, that's kind of the big news, at least in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, so those are some transfers. You guys got anything you want to add to that? Thanks for the stress reminding me about all the players that we just sold position <laughs> across the league. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> I need a center back, man. That's all I need to see news of, man. We got you. We got you. We'll send one your way soon. It seems like you're the only one missing. We've I don't need no, I don't need no Aspilaqueta. I don't need that. No, 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 no. That's okay, man. It's okay. I'll take a look. We've donated to City. We've donated to Arsenal, to United. It's only right we donated to y'all too, man. Don't worry. What do you got for them then? Wait, who's on the list? Uh, number four, a Betty Shield, whatever his name is. Number four, you know. <laughs> you gave up on him this quick. It's it's, hmm. it's calm, man. Because what I was seeing him in under twenty one, me and Mike said was talking about a lot of mistakes. But you know, we can negotiate that one. You want oh, the other? His wife is very supportive. She she'll what? put him in the game. No, 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 no. We got to get rid of Thiago next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thiago twins. I could sell a lot of jerseys right there. And and they're Brazilian. <laughs> Think about the marketing aspect. Come on, man. We're Americans. Hey, Marcus, I forgot to say, and sorry, Claytus. I forgot to say, speaking of uh some other guys, I, I forgot to say uh Lavia from Southampton. You guys are looking like you might be the front runners to, to sign that young man. I think it's what 19 or 20? 19. I think it's about 50 million uh pounds or 40 to 50 million pounds for that young man. So that might be a good steal for you too. Yeah, man. Um, it's getting down to the nitty gritty, as you, as we all know, that preseason pretty much damn near underway. Because I see Arsenal damn near playing. Like, what yeah, is it? Yeah, we had a friendly already against Watford. We've been training since Monday. Yeah, yeah they wild. They wild out there. Yeah, West Ham already yeah. had one too. They won four to one yesterday or something. Yeah. By the way, guys, I forgot about this. Look it up. 
2016, Carlo Ancelotti called that boy Odegaard a PR stunt. Didn't rate him. So I'm saying, man, they didn't rate him. That's why they got rid of him. He called the boy a PR stunt. He said, what? And she said, Perez bought a PR. Look it up, Carlo Ancelotti. He wrote it in his book, a book called Quiet Leadership. He shit it on a teenager. They didn't rate that boy, man. My bad. <laughs> Marcus, man, you're going to bless us with that MLS minute. You know, that's the that's the best league in town right now, man. like two weeks of games in the MLS minute because we playing with depleted squads out here. We got a couple guys on international duty. So this week, we just going to run through the standings and we're going to give you the top goal scores and the top assists, man. Um, Right now, that man is back at the top on the goals with 13. Mr. Hanny McTar for Nashville. The brother from the LAFC is second with 12. Um, and uh, the Greek Scouser is tied at third for Atlanta United. Uh, yeah, Mr. I can't even say it this week. I'm sorry. But, hey, Mr. Ferreira is also with 10 goals. It's a lot of goals. It's a lot of people locked in at 10 right now on, um, on the end MLS. Um, and that this upcoming week, we should be getting everybody back. So, hey, yeah, it should get lit. On the assist side of the game, hey, ATL running this thing, man. Almada with nine. Brooks landing with seven. Shit, Miktar doing it all. This motherfucker trying to get the MVP this year. Um, He got seven as well. Uh, On the standing side of the game, okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. We're not going to go through all the – we're just going to go through – the hot spots on both sides who are currently at nine and eight on the east side. You guys' favorite club, DC United, sitting at eight. Okay. Sitting at 34 points. I mean, no, they're actually sitting at 30 points, four points behind Orlando City. Rooney needs to get this shit together. The record right now is eight. Six draws, nine losses. Need to get it together, man. Um, and then that nice spot, they got Montreal. Not a lot of smoke on, on DC United's back because they only got 26. So hey man, like I said, Wayne, get this shit together, bro. That shit together, nigga. On the west side, Houston is in the eighth spot at 28, and Vancouver is at 25. I got to get a little bit more locked in on the west side. They keep playing them games at 7.30. I need a nap, bro. I be burnt out. Um, But, yeah, man. Tune in. Oh, hold on. Before we get up out of here, man, I wish I had my attire to go with this segment. But um, Atlanta United has made another questionable transaction and I need my GM, 
Mr. Uh, Baraga. I don't even know how to say his bro name, but I need him to go. Boca, I need you to go. Okay. Why did you sell Abara to the worst team in Colorado? Okay. Why? We in the playoffs. Every week I look, we getting rid of somebody. Then we got on, we got on social media, Abara saying, they saying they didn't want me. What kind of mess is that, Sean, man? Joseph Martinez tag teaming in saying they did the same shit to me. We we so far away from that championship season, dog. It seemed like a fluke. Arthur Blanks, get this shit together. Boca gotta go. And like that, we out for the MLS minute, man. Oh, man. Thank you, Marcus. That was a classic right there. And you know me. I'm sick in the head. Go ahead, Claytis. I'm still doing research, man. (laughs) This has gotten me tuned into the MLS that is starting to stress me. Because why was we playing the worst team in a conference? And we tying niggas. Against (laughs) M.I.A.O.? Yeah, man. If we would have won that, if we would have won that game, we would have been one point away from eighth place. Yes. Making the playoffs. I don't yeah. even know playoff talk, but I know I got to make the playoffs. Hey, man. <laughs> Before we get into the last segments of the show, I got another update for you guys, especially you, Anthony, because this is how you know they didn't rate the boy. Martin Odegaard, he said, when I first came to Real Madrid, he said it distinctly. When I first came, he said, Cristiano Cruz and Modric were the OGs taking care of him. Then they saw the boy wasn't that good and they fell back from the boy, okay? They fell back from the young man. That's why Chris, that's why Carlo Ancelotti called the boy a PR stunt. He said, this nigga ain't that good. Get him out of my sight. Anyways, man, what's y'all champagne going to eat from? You got one, man? Man, he had 15 goals and seven assists this season for Arsenal. Yes, That's this, this, right year, yeah. this year. And then you know what they did? You know what Arteta did? He said, hmm, let me go get that scrub Havertz. I think he can do that role better. That's what he did. That's what he's going to do. He's giving Havertz that role. He said, that big boy can get me 20 goals doing that. Havertz is going to play the number nine. Anyway. Uh, hey, hey, hey. no, nah, he said he said Havertz I, is going to improve our midfield. He still likes I, Gabriel Jesus running and crying up at the top of the pitch. Don't let me get started. Hey, that brother, that brother's a sucker. Anthony, you are a sick young man. You sold me damaged goods. You sold me the biggest crybabies with Odegaard. I'm sorry, not Odegaard. Zinchenko, I got my whites confused. Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus. Anthony, hey, you may you may call it crying, but it was passion at the beginning of the season. They were balling out for you. You know what I'm saying? It's just now that they cry babies. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, they, they suckers, man. They suckers, suckers. Go, yeah. I'm sorry, Arsenal, <laughs> man. I don't know where to go. I'm, I'm, a, I'm like a homeless child, bro. Real Madrid don't have Mbappe yet. Ghana's trash. U.S. I don't know what tournament they in. I don't know what's going on. Uh, where do, I, where do I go, man? I'm homeless. I need a club. I need a country. Claytis, you got help? 
Togo, hey Claytis, can we re, can you can we link up Togo and Ghana and make a super country and try to do something, man? We need help, man. Help. Link, link me on the side, man. Link I heard y'all won the Jalop competition. We can't even win that, hey man. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you for let allegedly that off, man. Thank you. Yeah, we won the joint in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, but that's the one with grooving the the grooving gorilla was there. I don't even think Marcus was at that building, man. I don't oh, know. Bro, we want to drink. Let let me let me ride that wave, man. Let me ride that wave for a little bit. I need that. All right. Champagne go the week. You got Wendy from me. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh Ricky Pui from uh from LA uh LA Galaxy. Uh, hit a I think it was the third goal of a three one win against Philadelphia. So, but it was a curler. It was beautiful. Right at the top of the box. Nice, nice. Claytis, champagne goal of the week. Yeah, I have to go with. Oh, man, the streets are calling. <laughs> All right. And, oh, you back? I thought you was on the call, man. What's going on? I be having too many meetings to, to to be on, man. But that boy Vasquez, the way the crowd was saying, "We want Vasquez," we want. You know, I don't do the American soccer thing, but the boy Vasquez put up on the pitch, the header, boom, golazo. So I got to salute to him on that one. I dig it. I dig it. Anthony Champagne Goal of the Week. Let me just keep it simple, man. Uh, we go from the Mexico versus Costa Rica match in the Gold Cup. Go for the penalty that I said out loud that shouldn't have went in, but it was so calm, cool, and collected by my guy number seventeen. Uh, what's his name? Oberlin Pineda. Nice penalty, excellent win for Mexico. They move on. For sure, for sure. Marcus Champagne Goal of the Week. Hey man. Shout out to the lady I'm be watching in the World Cup closely. Okay. Trinity Rodman did a mother thing against Wales. Okay. The second goal, next level. Okay. Looking, leaning back on the shot. Okay. Making them look bad. Hey, Rapino, your send off game, man. We out. For sure, for sure. My champagne goal of the week, <laughs> it has a lot of Captain Deflecto action in it, all right? It's from the Costa Rica, or sorry, the Guatemala-Jamaica match, where the one goal scored by Amari Bell took a big chop on the calf of one of the defenders, guys. But the way the, the deflection hit, it was so smooth, it felt like it had to be a part of the shot. It curled it so beautifully. To the, to the far post. Hey, man, shout out to Deflected Goals, especially that one. Uh, in the club, All-Stars, who you with, Anthony? Uh, man. I'm still in the club with my Man City players, man. Yeah, I don't think they're focusing on the, on, on the sport. They're really on on break. They're actually in the club, so I'm there with, with the team, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. Ephraim, who you in the club with? 
I'm going to go with Matt Turner in the USA. Matt Turner with two saves in the penalty shootout. Uh, a wild game. That was a really good entertaining game with uh, Mexico and uh, Canton, excuse me, U.S. and Canada. So I'm going to go with Matt Turner right now. He uh, he made two great saves. Nice, nice. Marcus, who you in the club with? Hey, my non-soccer people taking the, the Hawks draft picks to the club, okay? Yeah. And uh, my soccer uh, players I'm taking, I'm taking the U.S. women team. But y'all not drinking no lick because the tournament on the way. You drink that apple cider vinegar. Oh, no, not apple cider vinegar. Uh, you just... <laughs> You're trying to shrink their stomachs? This brother don't want them to have an appetite. Hey, man. <laughs> Woo. Hey, man. Marcus, you got to give him something better to sip, man. You get some cranberry juice. Uh, all right. Yeah, all right. He's still trying to fight bacteria with the cranberry. I see it. This brother just wanted to drink something healthy. I respect it. Got to win. Hey, I'm with you, Marcus. I got a special section for the ladies. I got a special section for all my flops at Arsenal that came and joined. You know, Odegaard is there. Is Gabriel Jesus a city flop? I mean, you guys had to use a false nine. He had a, a false nine, and he was there as a striker. I mean, hey, man. <laughs> is Ox in there? <laughs> hey, if you a flop cub, hey, come to my section, man. Underachievers unite. We here. <laughs> Claytis had to get low, like he said. Y'all heard the bird call. He's got meetings. He's a busy brother. I was, hey, I'm, I'm imagining in the club with him is Todd Bowley. They still trying to sell brothers, okay? Hey, hey I got a question for you. Is Pogba a flop? He, I heard he on the market for ten million right now. Yeah, he's a flop. He yeah. was a United flop in his return, and then he went back to United to Juventus and flopped. He is. He's a yeah, okay. He's, he's a fish. And that crazy around. He's in fresh air. Is he one of the few that you think they're better for his national team than, than for a club team? Um, it's hard to say because his first run at Juventus was special. So yeah, I've yeah. seen him, and he was a starter when they made a Champions League final, like. He was a key player when they went undefeated. I think that was his first year there or something. So I wouldn't call him a flop as a club player just when he went and because he had good moments at United too. It's just you guys didn't know what to do with him. Uh, yeah, didn't never found his best position. At France, all he had to do was drive with the ball and defend. He didn't have that much freedom to create, but that was good for him. So that was good, yeah, because that's what they needed, right? But mm -hmm. I would say I think he was better for the club. <laughs> but it's just national team, you won a World Cup, so we think it was better. But what do you guys think? I missed it. Who are we speaking of? It's Paul, was Pogba better for the national team than – Oh, yeah, for sure. Than club? Hell, yeah. Because um, I just had this conversation with a United fan earlier this week. Um – I think they fucked him up when they never really gave him a real position. As opposed to Juventus, they tried to find a position for him and they just kept making him play. At United, you can see him play all type of different shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think that really messed him up. And then his injuries caught him also. Um, but for, for country, 
that what was it? I would say for like maybe three World Cup straight, he was fucking amazing. Like if he could have translated that to club play, yeah. But yeah, to me on the club level, he was flop. By the way, guys, at Juventus, he would made FIFA Team of the Year. He made uh Team of the Year in Serie A three times in a row. He was best young player golden boy at Juventus, the Bravo Award, another award for the best Italian player. He won that 2014. Do you think he was better for the national team than the clubs, uh, Anthony? Yeah, uh, since I've been watching, I think he's been more um, dominant as a player for his national team, uh, more accolades than the drama surrounding his club uh, performances. That only memorable game I, I've seen against him um, in my short time watching was actually when he was with United and we were up 2-0 and then he helped them come back and beat us before we won the league in like April or some shit, like uh, in our centurion season. Um, since then, yeah, he hasn't, he's he's underperformed. He hasn't, to me, been like a threat, like, oh, Pogba on the field. Like, oh, 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 well, watch out for him. It's never, never been like that to me. So kind of sucks because I, I like his style of play, his confidence, and but it just never seemed to translate. And like Marcus said, um, when, once I was watching, all the dialogue around him at United was like he was out of position. Uh, Ole wasn't playing him right. He wasn't. He wasn't in the right position. He. he it wasn't right. It just wasn't right. So that kind of sucks. And so, then with injuries, just can't. That you can't avoid. So, I mean, sucks for him, man. Ten million. I saw that price tag too, Ephraim. That's 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 terrible. Now, Thirty years old, ten million dollars. A couple yeah. years ago, he yeah. went for eighty something million dollars. Yeah, he can come sit on the bench at City. Ten mil. I mean, hey, for with a good coach though, I think he'd be fine. Like maybe he's a bench player, like you said, like a role player, squad player mm-hmm. versus like a starter all the time. I think he'd be perfectly fine for somebody, absolutely. But he has to take his ego out of it and want to probably play play on the bench unless he plays for like a a lesser team, but if he's trying to play for these big boys, he's going to take a, a bench role. For sure, for sure. Hey, I'm in the minority. I, I dig it. I take Juventus Pogba over France Pogba because that's when he was my favorite player, so I was watching those games, and I remember his last season at Juventus, they gave that boy that number 10 and said, we building a team around you now. He was playing higher him and Dabala were going crazy. So that's what I always remember when I think about Paul Pogba. I'll think about Juventus, Paul Pogba, number six and number 10. But hey, man, this has been a fun episode, Champagne Soccer. I think we're going to be gone again next week. We might be out of here because next Tuesday is the MLS Skills Competition. Myself, Anthony, and Cletus will be in the building. We're going to try to make a smooth vlog style try to do something as great as Ephraim did a couple months ago. So, hey, man, you got any advice for us? Uh, guy, hold on, Marcus, have you been to an MLS event like this before? Ephraim, yeah, have you? Yeah, we and they did the All-Star game here. Um, I mean, it's a nice little vibe. Honestly, I think y'all going to probably have, since I think that, that DC is like more – 
like with the Spanish and Mexican heritage. So like it probably gonna be more of that type of vibe, but you still gonna have like it's like it was like broken off in different sections. So it was kind of dope. I did go in and then try to do like the little penalty joint. Yeah, you know, you know, I thought I was driving for a second. Um, but yeah, I think it's just an all-around cool little vibe because it's a lot of people that just fans of the of the beautiful game in a sense. That's what's up. Ephraim, you have you had the opportunity to go to a all-star event like that for the MLS or any league? Nah, not for any league, not for the MLS, you know, but you know, hopefully in uh September, I'm going to a Portland Timbers game, so I'll I'll have some uh some fun at that, trying to do a little vlog for that for, for uh Champagne Soccer. So yeah, that should be dope. They have one of the fan best fan bases in the MLS, if not arguably the best. Uh Anthony, you all star veteran. Let us let the people know about your previous experiences, you know. Makes me sick because I didn't get to go to this back in the day. It's just it's just something minor, you know. When I moved to the area, I was able to go to the all the NBA All Star event in DC. You know, I saw the celebrity um also the basketball match. Shawty from Seventh Heaven was balling up. Not Jessica Bill, the middle sister. Um, but yeah, you know, Jones type. I didn't know such a prestigious event. Ain't been back since. <laughs> hey man. Hey. That was when the Wizards had the best logo in the league. Ah, oh, man, good old days. <laughs> uh, this has been fun, man. Great episode. Champagne soccer. We back, but we're going to be gone again next week. But then we're going to be back. And I don't think we're going to be gone from the because it'll be preseason. We'll be flowing Women's World Cup in motion. What are we going to do in the meantime, though, Marcus? Man, until next time, keep them pinkies up, man. You might get a whole bottle down next time y'all hear from us, though. <laughs> we out. Peace.